0: Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. I'm your host, Evan George, and welcome to Bostopia News. And here's what's happening in the news today. Just two months after Marty Walsh vetoed a city council resolution, which would have put some restrictions on tear gas, pepper spray, and rubber bullet use by police, Boston city councilors Andrea Campbell and Ricardo Arroyo are refiling that resolution. And now that Kim Janey, who supported this measure, will be serving as acting mayor, it has a much better chance of passing. What this resolution does is it puts limits on the use of those weapons and requires a ranked deputy superintendent or higher officer position to personally give the go-ahead for use of these chemical weapons, and requires Boston police to give at least two warnings over a loudspeaker. It's insane that we allow chemical weapons that are banned by the Geneva Convention to be used by our local police. However, it is very refreshing to see Boston city councilors actually using their power, and I love the move of immediately refiling the bill as soon as the political roadblocks change. So let's hope they pass this, and well done. Staying with the Boston police... City Councilor and Boston mayoral candidate Andrea Campbell announced Wednesday that she wants to slash the Boston police budget by $50 million, which is over a 10% cut, and reroute that money towards public health, economic justice, and youth development. Continuing, she supports exploring nixing the four-hour overtime minimum requirement of officers. Basically, if you're a police officer and you work one hour of, of overtime, You're automatically allowed to charge for four, which is completely ridiculous, continuing and doing away with the department's gang and bicycle units. Also, she would eliminate the school's 125 police officers. This is the strongest stance we've seen of a Boston mayoral candidate, including Michelle Wu's stance about their plans for the Boston Police Department. Both Michelle and Andrea made references to defunding the police, whether that be the terms reallocating, rerouting. However, this is the first concrete policy position I've seen on the topic, which is absolutely fantastic. And I applaud City Councilor Andrea Campbell for actually be willing to put a number on what she's prepared to do. Advocates are calling for a 10% reduction every year of police budgets, but this $50 million is a great start. The Massachusetts House will vote today on joint rules that could take a step forward in increasing transparency regarding committee votes. However, as published yesterday, the Massachusetts House has far less transparent rules than the ones passed by the Senate. Advocates are calling on the Massachusetts House to post all committee votes on its legislative website. However, House Speaker Ron Mariano's approach would be to publish an aggregate tally of how many people voted for a bill. However, it would not list the names of members who abstained, voted for or missed the vote, still creating uncertainty about how our representatives are voting. If you listen to this recording before 1pm, please do call your local state rep and demand that they support Amendment 8 on this bill. Charlie Baker and some top education officials unveiled a proposal yesterday to force districts to reopen their schools for in-person learning five days a week, focusing on elementary schools first. This is raising concerns over local control and, of course, how best to keep students, families, and educators safe as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to take lives across the state. The Massachusetts teacher unions are strongly pushing back against this, especially considering how educators, other employees who work within the school buildings themselves, were not prioritized to receive vaccination. And many schools, especially in poor areas, do not have the proper ventilation and space to use the recommendations that have been given. So I'll say if there's going to be any plan around reopening... A month and a half from now, they might want to start prioritizing teachers to receive the vaccine. Just two more stories I wanted to quickly highlight. The first being the nurses at St. Vincent Hospital in Worcester announced last night that they have scheduled a strike beginning at 6 a.m. on March 8th, giving their 10-day notice. The 800 registered nurses who have been negotiating with the Dallas-based Tenant Healthcare over safe working conditions very unsafe, staffing limits, notified them of their intention. Back in 2000, the same union led a successful strike, which lasted 49 days, and achieved their first union contract. So full solidarity with these nurses. Follow me on Twitter, I'm sure most of you do, and I'll be discussing how we can support them. The other story is around who is running our COVID-19 vaccination sites. We have contracted out this responsibility to a nine-employee company from California called Curative, which did not even exist up until a year ago. And yet, this company is running three of Massachusetts' six mass vaccination sites, particularly the ones which had massive problems, thinking of Springfield, where you had elderly senior citizens waiting in hours-long lines outside in the cold. The use of contracting and subcontracting By the state is a decades-long project, and it is completely absurd that we do not have the staffing of state employees to run these sites, and instead always have to contract out at enormous prices and profits these private companies. Maybe one day we'll change that. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, I normally mention it here, but go follow me on TikTok and Twitch. It's the same name for everything. And I'm going to start to do live streams on Tuesday nights around 9 p.m., maybe around 30 minutes or so answering questions and going through some articles that I think are important. So follow me there if you would like a more interactive version of this. And as always, take care. Have a great rest of your day.